This is the Munate Fela podcast from your Ultimate Campus Radio, Kofsi FM. The Munate Fela breakfast here on your Ultimate Campus Radio. Joining us, about to drop a track, James Corden. Yeah. And we say Corden <laughs> deliberately, not to be confused with James Corden over in the USA. James, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Um, excellent. Thank you so much for joining us here on uh, your Ultimate Campus Radio. Quick question to you. Uh, making some sort of cool folky music out in Cape Town, uh, yeah. how's that being received amongst the e-popping ravey kids? Um, it's funny because because with with so much music now available through the internet, people like niche. People like to be able to people like the boundaries of being able to go into something very niche and very specific, and actually concentrate and listen to it. So it's so I so I, I get a I get a, a varying range of people that uh, are sort of interested in it from from many different walks of life and different musical backgrounds. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's the added benefit of the of, of the internet, which I really enjoy, especially in Cape Town. Well, that's awesome. I, I gather you like you're still quite a young kid, and uh, you've picked up a guitar. And now, with the advent of Gibson starting to go <laughs> bankrupt and guitars becoming less popular, what got you yeah. into the route of deciding, hey man, this is the this is what I want to do. This is the well, niche I want to go for. Yeah, well, I'm a. I was I was born into a family of five kids, and when they're five kids, and uh, generally my siblings are rather high achieving, you have to find your niche. So I thought I'd go in the only direction that none of them had gone in, which was music. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and I I wanted to be able to play for as many people as I could in as in, in as many spaces as I could. And a piano is just not as versatile physically. You know, you can't lug a piano and sit it on the side of the on the corner of a street or something like that. So, and the recorder was a bit lame. So, um, I decided that the I decided that the guitar was going to be the way to go. And I basically just fell into a comfort zone. And then, and then as I started playing it, I, I started really loving um, guitarists and what they could do. And then I just I fell into this rut basically, and I just absolutely love it, and I find it very difficult to break out of it. Um, but you're, yeah, you're one of the few people I, you're one of the few people I've ever met that has ever exclaimed that they love being in a rut. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why you, you deliberately use that that term, but you. Yeah. You've got a cover of Dylan going for you. Uh, yeah. Tell me before we drop it, what what inspired that? Well, I well, where my my I have potentially of any musician that I know the least musical family that of of any of any music musician that I know. But there were three albums that that were that were played um, in the car when I was a kid, and one of them was Bob Dylan, and um, then there was this one. And then it was sort of latent, like it was always around me when I was a kid and I, and I listened to it a lot. I mean, being a sort of white middle class liberal family in Cape Town, you can't really escape Bob Dylan. And, <laughs> and for me, it's always just been a sort of like lying there under the level. And then just one day I was sitting, uh, I was sitting and it just sort of like came up randomly on, on my phone or on shuffle. And I heard one lyric, which was, um, crying like a fire in the sun and it just absolutely just took my breath away just just that such such a beautiful sentiment could be displayed in such a such a concise uh such a concise uh, narrative that it just blew my mind and it just it just opened me up to bob dylan so when i so when i made contact with this uh, with this new um with this with this with this label 
um, and we would we were brainstorming ideas that we could do just for the first um, for the first project, just to get me settled in and to see what I could do. I immediately thought, let me let me stick with what I know and then um, move on from there. And what I knew was Bob Dylan. Yeah. Cool. I, I have two questions stemming out of that. Yeah. Uh, the first, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the label in a moment. But yeah. ob- the obvious question is. What were the other two albums? The, f- the first was probably Rodriguez. Uh, no, unfortunately second... not. <laughs> unfortunately what kind of not. middle-class white liberal family are you then? I know, I know. Rodriguez was definitely there. He was definitely around, but unfortunately he was on the peripheral. It was, oh, it was, Bob Dylan was always the most sarcastic. So we, you always got a bite, a lovely little, like a tequila-esque bite with Bob Dylan. Um, and then you had Leonard Cohen, who was a sort of lovely red wine. Oh, and fantastic then, and then you, and then you had Tracy Chapman who could just melt your heart with a single word, you know. So, so it, we're, between those those three, I had no space for any other music because they just. Oh, no, but you, you were you were raised well then, so you were raised. <laughs> well, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Second question is, I mean, as a as a young artist, very few people are in the fortunate position that you are in to be signed by a label um, yeah. so swiftly. Like, what what does it take to get signed by a label? So I got so I got very lucky. I was working at a I, 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 the the shop that I currently work at is a vinyl store called Candy Records in in Mowbray, and this this man came in one day and we just got to chatting, and uh, he found out that I did film at UCT and he said, oh I own a studio which does um, film scoring, so you should come by. So I gave him my number, not really thinking anything of it. Um, and I just sort of just, just brushed it away. And then three hours later, I got off shift and I got, I sent this message saying, Hey, um, from this man, Patrick, he said, Hey, I see you play guitar in your profile picture. What's this about? So I gave him the whole sort of spiel that every single artist has. And two days later, I was, I, I wound up in this studio with a fantastic group of people, um, who, who basically said to me, we see you've got you, we see you've got ideas, and we want to make it happen. And I and I'm eternally grateful and and immensely lucky to have that sort of to be to to have been very luckily thrust into that sort of system. Um, yeah. So I and unfortunately I cannot give an inspiring message. It was it was it no was, no that's okay. <laughs> yeah yeah it that's, was it's it great was, to know because I mean that's still dreams coming true. You had your graft in the in the record store and yeah your, you know the, the, the eternal message I would always give to an up and coming artist. So yeah. sow your seeds before it rains, and you seem to yes, have done that yes, well. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I also think in the current in the current generation, the beauty the beauty of it is that you don't need you don't need to go in a particular route. You don't need to go the traditional route of playing a million gigs and and grinding through the sort of um, the sort of systems that already exist in your in in your region or even in your country. All you need in an internet age is you need to find an audience somewhere who can listen to you. That's 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 really what you need. And whether it be through a label, whether it be uh, under your own steam, whether it be in a group of people, all avenues are now open to you. And you basically just have to find the find the the avenue which will be most effective for you. And luckily enough, I managed to I managed to be accepted by for me I I think mo- the most effective way that I can really get my music out there. Very cool. I look forward to finding out the rest of the story of like what yeah. your what your game plan was and why you, <laughs> why exactly it was you that they signed. But before we get to that, 
let's not leave the listeners in any more suspense. James, oh, would no, you mind? <laughs> no, thank you, James. You're too kind. Uh, would you mind extending your kindness and uh, introducing your song for us? Oh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. So this new track is called New Morning. It is off a Bob Dylan album from the mid-1970s, but I have sort of flipped and twisted it into my own sort of voice. And yeah, here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? There's a lot of people that struggle to put music out in this country, and I feel like there's too many structures that are blocking people from putting out the dopest music. They can't get their song played on radio. Want to know why I listen to that radio every night? It's all over now, 
baby blue And it's all over now baby blue James Corder playing a little Bob Dylan cover New Morning coming out there but also adding a little bit of flair when I say flair possibly solar flare that uh, little line that he mentioned crying like a fire in the sun uh, highlighted uh, towards the end <laughs> of the track yeah. james like your your combination skills are are impressive man uh, <laughs> what, what give you the balls to do that uh for me uh, for the, the for me the whole album I, I didn't want to make another just another sort of Bob Dylan uh, cover album where you find your, your best tracks and you put it together. I sort of wanted to I, I wanted to link a narrative through through the whole song. So on the on the whole EP that that is coming out in about two weeks, there's the, the there's a narrative which which I which I attempted to draw through the song choice through the positions of the songs, and for me the ultimate the ultimate sort of homage that I thought I could give to Bob Dylan would be to sing one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs which is New Morning and then just tack on the end my favorite Bob Dylan line which which just for me sort of encapsulates how I feel about Bob Dylan in the sense that I feel like I'm cry, I, I'm a fire uh, uh, crying in the presence of the sun you know just just trying to trying to honor someone that is meant that just just meant just an an inescapable uh, um, amount to me in my life and 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 to use his words to to describe my feelings has just seemed the most appropriate way to do it yeah james tell me uh, when you mentioned this is you you got signed because they like your idea and your vision um yeah. is this your vision to like amalgamate songs from like particular artists or is there an extended extended uh, theory to it um I don't know. I, I I thought this was I thought this was just going to be a good way of me to be able to um, display the where where I came from in terms of my musical history, in terms of listening, but also be able to display what I could do in terms of playing because I didn't uh, I didn't stick strictly just to a sort of folk medium. I, I used a bit of funk and I used a bit of soul, mm. um, and I and I and I sort of uh, I wa- I wanted to display as much as I could um, of my musical history and also my my playing ability. And hope what I, what I'm hoping for in the future is to start moving on to my own writings and my own songs, and really be able to expand on the sort of musicianship which I attempted to convey in this EP. Well, let's let's get into that because I mean, in the the future seems quite bright if you've got your label going behind you. Your EP is coming out. You said in two weeks. If people wanted to catch you, um, other than the corners of Bloom and Long Street, where where would they find you? Uh, so in two weeks, the the, the new EP is going to come out uh, on Spotify and iTunes and Bandcamp and all the all the digital stores. Uh, I'm hopefully going to be uh, hopefully going to be in a couple of radio stations, and then I'm also I'm just just general social media stuff on Instagram. No, uh, that, okay, cool. You you one step ahead of what I was going to ask. But <laughs> okay. In terms of a live gig, where uh, do you, are you oh, live playing? Gigs. Like, I expect uh, I, to see I, someone like you in the House of Machines, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, a little bit of House of Machines. I'm more. I I I canvass, I canvass the 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 southern suburbs to to a large degree because that's where most of the folk gigs uh, are yeah. nowadays. Um, but yeah, uh, a, a lot around uh, CBD Cape Town. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, looking forward to coming down to the CBD, seeing you. Uh, any okay. festivals or tours coming up, or is this um, just now? 
not Payable currently. For I'm I'm focusing on on the on the studio for now. Yeah, and then I'm going to start spreading my wings in that respect. Yeah, and of course uh, the social media vibe. You're all over that too. Yeah, well, you wouldn't well, expect. I, I, I tried to be. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't expect a Cape Tonian not to be on social media. Oh no, no, no not at all. We're all we're all glued. <laughs> yeah. Very cool, James. Uh, when it comes to the making the folk music, I mean, you explained why like the niche it was attracted to you. Do you see yourself doing anything like cross genre, maybe a, a little bit of fun? Because Cape Town does seem quite experimental in the music scene right now. Yeah, well, I, yeah. As I said before, the joy, the joy of the internet is you just need to find it's just we need to find an audience who can who can tap into whatever you whatever you're putting out, and it doesn't have to be regional or even national. It can be it can be anywhere. So I so in recent years I've gone through large periods of listening to a lot of South African jazz, a lot of funk, um, a lot of uh, kind of 60s uh, Southern American soul, um, and whilst trending on tre- uh, attempting not to tread on any toes. I, I I do hope to make that kind of music in the future. Maybe not as a sort of massive fusion um, t- type of deal, but definitely trying trying to honour though that sort of history, which I appreciate as well, um, because because I I have quite a lot of material which steers in that direction, and now also. Um, being sort of free to the shackles because generally when you play folk uh, folk gigs it's sort of you and the guitar and you have to sort of support yourself in the, in, in the full capacity so the joy of moving into this into the sort of studio space is I can experiment with those other genres by by being able to play as many instruments as I as I deem necessary well so you clearly have not heard of the folk band satanic Dacha orgy but, no, uh, not yet. But that sounds <laughs> too appealing to not Google. <laughs> that, that you do yourself a favor, Google it, and perhaps you can have a folky <laughs> collaboration one day. Uh, you can you can bring that song into the Monate Fela breakfast too. James Corder, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here, thank speaking so much, about man. the Monate Fela breakfast. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, please listen to the track, and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Awesome stuff. Uh, James Corder coming out there all the way from Cape Town joining us here on that your was Monate Fela podcast. Stay tuned for more things. <laughs> all the girls say I'm pretty.